Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season six, episode 11 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Woke Up with a Monster. And we're not done with the sad episodes yet, apparently. We're still doing that. Yeah, Julie Pleck is still keeping it sad, keeping it real, keeping it honest. She won't let you have a break. There's so much to discuss, but before we get into any of it, here's a quick ad. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. More powerful than ever, Kai holds Elena captive while he learns to control his newly acquired magic. At the Salvatore Mansion, Liv and Alaric try to prepare Joe for the impending merge ceremony with Kai, but they quickly realize Joe is weaker than they thought. After bringing Sheriff Forbes home from the hospital, Caroline travels with Stefan to North Carolina in search of a cure for her mother's cancer. Meanwhile, Stefan, who has his own intentions for traveling to North Carolina, is caught off guard when Enzo shows up demanding to know what Stefan is hiding. Lastly, when Damon discovers Elena has been kidnapped by Kai, he is forced to rethink his strategy after an unexpected visitor throws a wrench into his plan. Luke is the unexpected oh. visitor who throws a wrench into his plan. It did take me a second <laughs> to figure that out. I was like, who is that? Yeah, I was like, who's the unexpected visitor? It's Luke. It took me a second to figure it out as well, but I got there. We open the episode at the Mystic Grill. Elena comes to, she's tied to a chair, and Kai is just chit chat chatting he says you know see we never went out to eat when i was a kid so i always had this fascination with chefs and fine dining my dad loves to cook you know he taught me to measure by eye season to taste all that stuff but it's different in the restaurant world today you know everything's on timers it's like fries go in you push a button it dings you take them out literally no guesswork um we can see elena has her hands tied in rope soaked in vervain and she says hey why am i here she says i don't really need to listen to you do a whole little speech because I, I didn't realize that was your vibe, but I'm not interested in it, if that's not clear. I just want to make it clear early on in our relationship that I'm not interested in little speeches. Because it's way too long without talking about me. And based on how you act, I think you would relate to that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> this is the problem with them. Kai wants to talk about himself. Elena wants to talk about herself. Only one can win. And unfortunately, Kai talks louder. Yeah, Kai's stronger at that. He won't shut up. It doesn't matter what's happening. He's got shit to say. Kai says, oh, well, you know, I spent 18 years in abandoned restaurants, so now I'm showing off the fruits of my labor. The fruits of his labor is two fried eggs and a couple pieces of bacon. Not to minimize it, but, like, you didn't make anything fancy. And also, like, you're barely showing it off. Like, she's not eating. You're just eating in front of her. Yeah, which, fair. I mean, hey, if she didn't help cook, she doesn't get to eat. Yeah. (laughs) She says, no, I don't mean the Mystic Grill. And he says, oh, you mean in Mystic Falls. Sorry, I'm nervous. You're, like, really pretty. And she's like, yeah, everyone tells me that all the time. She's like, okay, I'm listening. She says, go on. (laughs) She said, no, keep talking about that. She said, why am I here, Kai? And Kai says, well, I took the spell keeping supernaturals out of Mystic Falls and I like absorbed it, kind of like ate it, I guess. Cool, huh? First I eat magic, then I lose it. But a huge spell like that, magic's oozing out of me. It's all over the place. I didn't realize I was so out of control until I met the manager of the grill a few hours ago. And he was all like, oh, you can't come in here. We're closed and you have an unconscious girl over your shoulder. And I was like, hey, don't judge me. So I gave him a heart attack. Well, I tried to. But all it did was make him vomit uncontrollably, which was like, ew, uh, let's stop that. So I tried again. And I think I broke his spine. Not really sure because the third time I tried the spell, he kind of exploded in blood. Whoops. And he says all of this as if he's like relaying casual work gossip. Yeah, it's just like a funny story of what happened to him. And Elena is shocked, disgusted. 
Yeah, because he's like, yeah, and then he just threw up, which is like disgusting. And Elena's like, wait, we're talking about a person, right? And he's like, mm-hmm. He's like, don't interrupt. And <laughs> so Elena says, uh, what the hell is wrong with you? He says, I just told you I have too much magic. He said, girl, listen. And also, we don't have enough time to go through everything that's wrong with me. It's it's basically just my personality. He said, girl, if you, <laughs> that question is multi-layered. <laughs> he says, you know, it wasn't until after my test run with the manager that I realized, like, if I start to merge with Joe and my gushing fountains of magic turn her into that guy, then I'm not going to have a twin for the merge. So, Elena, that is why you are here. Because I need to get my magic under control by practicing with you. Or rather, on you. P.S. Silver lining. After the manager finally stopped thrashing around, I finally managed a cloaking spell. Thank you. It's easy to do and undo. And then he says, Fesmatos Oculix, to undo the cloaking spell. And the manager's mangled body appears in front of Elena. It's been there the whole time, cloaked. Yeah. They love the cloaking spell, these people. These Geminis, I tell you, they're like, I'm going to cloak that. Me, I'm a Gemini, I'm hiding it. I'm hiding that, I'm hiding that, I'm unhiding that, and then I'm hiding that. (laughs) exactly that's that's my to-do list for the day cloak uncloak and i just got to kill my twin brother really quick wake up cloak eat breakfast uncloak eat lunch cloak (laughs) eat dinner uncloak bed i guess you should cloak before bed (laughs) bus cloak club cloak another club cloak another cloak (laughs) kai says table for three because he's laughing laughing because he's not affected by this because he doesn't give a fuck about people so it's even funnier when Elena is like, ew. To him, this is like the equivalent of like putting like a fake bug on a table to scare someone. Yeah, this is like a got your nose situation. It's like, ha you thought the fake cockroach was real. No, he's like, ha you didn't know I had a dead body sitting in front of you this whole time. Ha <laughs> this guy's dead and he's staring right at you. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And look at all the shit I did to him. Kai is laughing. Elena is not. Yeah, Elena's like, oh, I don't fuck with you at all. Elena said, I do not think we are going to be friends. (laughs) We go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan wakes up. Uh, He hears a lot of, like, clanging, glass-breaking sounds. So, of course, he goes downstairs to see what the hullabaloo is. Because he's like, what is all that noise in my house? That I just got back to. Mm -hmm. The first thing he finds is Jeremy shirtless in the kitchen having coffee. (laughs) He just about screams. He says, ew. (laughs) Yeah, Stefan says, disgusting. He says, oh, that's the first thing I want to see in the morning. And Jeremy says, sorry, I forgot you lived here. Because Jeremy's been the only one living here for like four months. So of course he's just hanging out. Stefan says, oh, hey, any chance you can help me out with some speakers at Caroline? And he turns around. Jeremy's already gone. He says, oh, okay. Yeah, because Jeremy had help and he he picked up the pace. He said, I got to get out of there. (laughs) Then Stefan picks up the coffee pot, which is empty. And he says, thanks for the coffee. And then he has more glass breaking. And he's like, what the hell? And then we hear Liv say, ow. And Joe says, oh, sorry, are you okay? Liv walks out of the living room and her shirt is like smoking. And she says, yeah, it's just clothes and skin. And then she asks Stefan where she can get a t-shirt. And he says, uh, Damon's room, because he doesn't want them taking his t-shirts. Yeah, he says, you're not going to get any of mine considering you're burning them. Yeah. Liv goes upstairs and Stefan goes into the living room to find Joe. And he says, hey, what are you doing in my house? And Joe says, oh, a fire spell, sort of. It turns out getting back in touch with magic isn't anything like riding a bike. Well, and I I get you guys need a place to practice, but maybe let's do the fire spell outside. Yeah. That's me, especially given how it's going. (laughs) Yeah. Joe says, I am sorry about that vase, though. Was it expensive? And Seven says, I don't know, but the Smithsonian would. You should call them. It's like, well, why'd you take it from the Smithsonian? (laughs) 
why is it not secured somewhere? Yeah. But also, what kind of spell knocked it over? Rick comes in and Joe says, oh, thank God, breakfast. Please tell me you brought mimosas. She shouldn't be having a mimosa. Girl, you haven't earned a mimosa today. I'm so sorry. I know this is Alaric's alcoholic GF, so of course he wants to drink with her. You need to focus. It's not mimosa day for you. Let's wait for at least a nighttime drink today. How about? Yeah. Let's cool it on the day drinking while we're doing this, okay? I'm not an evil person. I'm not unreasonable. But have a reward at the end of the day. Maybe, how about how about you get a mimosa when you've done a spell successfully? How about that? How about let's not celebrate you setting your niece on fire? Or sister, I guess. I always forget yeah, she's sister. not her niece. Her sister. Rick did bring mimosas, of course. And he says, you think I'd watch this sober? Bro, I don't think you'd do anything sober. I don't think you'd drive <laughs> sober, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, what exactly are we watching? But Stefan's like, why did more people just show up at my house? I just woke up. Like, I'm trying to have a nice relaxing morning and everyone's here. I was going to do my Sudoku today. <laughs> Joe says, today we make s'mores. In a month, I win the merge and I become the leader of my coven, guaranteeing its survival. Liv has me on a 30-day regimen between now and the next celestial event. Well, this sounds great. Do you think this is how it's going to work? No. <laughs> I'll get into my thoughts about how this is going through the episode because yeah, everyone has a different opinion of how this merge is going to go and none of them seem like the right opinion. I'll say that. Okay. Well, okay. Some of them seem like the right opinion, but I don't think these people know what they're doing. And I think they're really being a little too optimistic about how little their father is going to be involved in this situation. Sure. I also think, I mean, here's my thing. Me personally, if I wanted to learn how to survive a merge, I would like to be trained by someone who has survived a merge. Yeah, there's that. So if I'm Joe, I'm calling up Joshua. Why would I want Liv to train me? Who doesn't even think she's going to win her own merge? Yeah. So she's putting me on the regiment? And also, look, Liv, I know you're like powerful or whatever the fuck we want to say. You can't possibly be a good teacher. I've seen your personality. Let's talk about that. Let's have that conversation. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I was like, they should just have Bonnie train Joe. If they could, they would, but they can't. And then maybe Joe would stand a fucking chance. Also, because Liv's just, I mean, I'll get into Liv, but it, she doesn't know what she wants from anything. She doesn't know how to handle anything. She's mad about everything. It's like, you are not coming at this from the right mindset. It's a self-preservation mindset. It's not actually helping Joe. And Liv has a 30-day regimen, but she spends most of this day not helping Joe. Yeah. So this is a waste of a day. You spent the morning when she couldn't do a fire spell, and then you didn't see her for the rest of the day. I get it's day one, but, you know, let's get one spell down on day one. It feels like a spell a day is a good barometer. I I still don't think it'll be enough seeing what we see of Kai this episode. I mean, I don't want to be this bitch, but Kai wants it more. Yeah. Yeah. Even if we get the magic similar, like there's a level of passion Kai has for winning this that is just going to be hard to top. Spite is a powerful motivator and Kai has it well on his side. Yeah. And Joe doesn't really want to be a witch. Joe doesn't really want to be a witch. She only really wants to beat Kai so that like Liv and Luke don't have to do it. She isn't super motivated. Yeah. Obviously. It really seems like, sorry, Liv and Luke, let's nut up. I mean, I hate to say it, but that kind of seems like the best. I actually don't hate to say it. That's the best course of action. You guys have known that you were going to be the people merging for 22 years. And don't get me wrong. Of course, if it were me, I would be upset until the day I had to do it. 
but it's not like this came out of left field and and it's i mean we talked about this a lot last week but like Liv acts like throwing Joe under the bus is any more reasonable than her getting thrown under the bus. Neither are fair, but Joe's not your enemy here. Neither of the mergers are fair. But one of the mergers, if Joe loses, which let's be honest is pretty high likelihood, is much more destructive. Yes. So unfortunately, let's pick the merge that only hurts you two in the long run. Sir, you're the two that get hurt. I mean, them's the breaks. You ended up in this stupid-ass coven. You just had to have a twin in the womb with you. It's luck of the draw. And, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself. You could still run away. Yeah. You didn't ever. She said, we tried that. They didn't. They went to Mystic Falls for three days. Yeah, you went to Mystic Falls for three days, and everyone knows you're at Whitmore, so it's not like going to Mystic Falls is, like, so smart. It's stupidity from Liv. Luke is at least kind of understanding of the situation. Joe's delusional. There's a part of me. I mean, I think Joe is truly delusional. Like, I truly think she believes she can win, which is stupid. Yeah. And I think you could maybe make the argument that Liv is also delusional. I don't think Liv is. I think Liv knows Joe is going to lose. I think Liv is 90% sure Joe is going to lose. But she's like, well, the 10% is enough to let me try. She's willing to ignore it. Because she doesn't really care what happens because she doesn't fuck with the Gemini covenant anyway. And I think deep down Liv is like, if Kai takes over, then I can leave because I won't want to follow <laughs> yeah. him, which again, that's a complete misread on who Kai is as a person. Yeah. You think he's just going to not come and kill you, but okay. <laughs> you think you aren't allowed to leave now, but Kai's going to let you leave. Interesting. So I think she's just, she is just being selfish, which is fine, but say that's what you're doing. Yeah. Don't act like it's for anyone else's benefit. Mm-hmm. Stefan says, this regimen has to happen in my living room. Why? And Rick says, Damon feels guilty. And Stefan says, well, that's new. It's <laughs> a good line. I know. He says, and where the hell is he? We go see where the hell he is. We go to the hospital. Damon is asleep in a chair and he wakes up. Liz is in a hospital bed. And Liz says, you know, I paid extra for this room to be a single. Bestie besties. I know, bestie vibes. Damon says, you clearly underestimate the number of women who die to spend a night with me. And she says, well, I'm not dead yet. Giggle, giggle. She says, any word from Elena? He says, oh, yeah, I got multiple words. I got something came up at the dorm, had to bail. Can we rain check? Emoticon of a cold shower. Emoticon? And I mean, the emoticon. Obviously, that was Kai typing that. Yes, let's be so fucking for real, Damon. I know Elena only uses the happy face emojis. Yeah. She uses like the multicolored hearts. She's like a girl. She has one heart color that she uses religiously. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of people will have like their heart color. Mine is red. Elena's will be purple, I think. I was going to say potentially yellow, but I think purple is a better read. I think yellow is Caroline's. That's true. And Bonnie's is green. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what I think. And I'm not going to apologize for it. But in a special occasion, though, Caroline does use the two pink ones that are twirling. Yes. But that's for like a lot of love in a text. Exactly. Because they have to have their own individual hearts when they post a picture of the three of them so they can post the three different color hearts that are theirs. Obviously. Come on. Come on. (laughs) I mean, we all know how Instagram works. (laughs) I don't have to explain it to you. (laughs) Liz says, ouch, have you at least managed to patch things up with Rick? And Taman says, yeah, well, baby steps. Step one, allow him to turn my house into Hogwarts. Step two, call in a favor from the sheriff. Ask her to put out an APB on a supercharged serial killer named Kai Parker. And she says, yeah, yeah, I've got my guys on the lookout. Noah matching Kai's description popped up overnight. 
She's like, I am the sheriff. Like, I also would have put the APB out for free because, you know, he's a serial killer. Yeah, I was on it. It's not a favor for me to put out an APB on a dangerous person. Yeah. She's like, I literally did that already. Even though I'm in the hospital and you guys are making me fucking work. Yeah. The hardest working woman in Mystic Falls. This town will fall apart without her. Mm-hmm. Damon says, what the hell is Kai doing? I'll give you a guess. I'm going to guess he's wreaking havoc. Well, yeah. One. And two, cloaking. You remember that house in Oregon? <laughs> Just a thought. Caroline comes in and she says, bad news. The employee kitchen didn't have a juicer. Good news is they do now. And she hands Liz a cup. And Liz says, what is this? Caroline says, it is a kale smoothie. It's good for DNA cell repair and for slowing cancer. It's like, oh, Caroline. Oh, Caroline, you're not going to slow it. We're past that point, queen. Poor girl. Caroline says, are you warm enough? Let me get you another blanket. And Damon says, oh, so you can literally smother her? And Caroline says, I am just trying to help you, okay? Since apparently modern medicine takes forever, I don't understand why we can't just skip all the guesswork and go straight to something that works, like vampire blood. And, you know, I was saying this through most of the episode. Obviously, the end throws a touch of a wrench in it. But I was on her side. I'm like, yeah, she's dying. So what's the worst that it's going to do? Yeah, it's hard not to be pro giving her vampire blood at this point. Honestly, if I knew that I had a stage four brain tumor, I'd be like, yeah, give me that vampire blood. I've got what I need to get from modern medicine. First of all, I'd be a vampire already. We haven't used that argument that much recently. But like, again, I would have been a vampire season one. Yes. Season two at the latest. I personally wouldn't be dealing with this at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I'd make my mommy a vampire too. Exactly. We can be bestie vampires, just like we're bestie humans. Forever. Liz says, we're not having this conversation again. And Carolyn says, oh, then what do you want to talk about? How the doctors can't operate, how chemo won't work, how radiation won't shrink the tumor. Damon, feel free to jump in with your support here at any time. Damon says, well, I think that would require you having my support, Caroline. And Carolyn says, um, A2, Damon? (laughs) You don't think our blood will work? And Damon says, in 170-odd years, I've never known an instance where our blood cured cancer. But hey, Sheriff, if you want to be the guinea pig in a study involving weird, unpredictable magic, far be it for me to stop you. It is like, okay, why would you hear about blood curing cancer if you've not interacted with cancer? Like, yeah, that doesn't seem like an argument. It doesn't. Well, it's like, have you heard of blood not curing cancer? You wouldn't have heard of anything until you've heard of it, you know? So- It's just the same as like in season two. They're like, well, I've never heard of werewolves, so guess they don't exist. Well, I've never heard of the originals, so they must not be a real thing. It's like sometimes you just haven't heard of things. You have to learn about things before you have heard of them. Yeah. You have to hear about something for the first time at some point. There was a time in your life you had never heard of bourbon, Damon. Now you love it. Now you know it's real because you see it every day. Liz says, look. For now, I'd like to put my faith in science, which means going home on doctor's orders, having a nice quiet day, and waiting for more MRI results. Damon says, see, mommy knows best. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to make sure these witches aren't destroying my house. Feel better. Then he goes. We go over to the Salvatore house. Liv is in Damon's room on the phone with Tyler. And she says, Damon may be a vile creature, but he has the best clothes. A, what has Damon ever done to you personally, Liv? And B, you know his t-shirts are designer. Oh, I know he has some nice-ass t-shirts. I know there is not a t-shirt worth less than $70 in that whole room. Oh, yeah, he spends up on those black tees. Tyler says, should I be wondering why you're in Damon Salvatore's bedroom? And she says, Joe scorched my shirt. And he says, so you're shirtless in Damon's bedroom? And she says, you must be feeling such mixed emotions right now. Can we stop? Can we stop this? I've had it. (laughs) 
Just get the shirt and hang up the phone. Go train your fucking sister so she doesn't die. Yeah. Tyler says, how's training going? Liv says, Joe's terrible. If she went against Kai today, she'd lose in like nine seconds. Luke totally called that one. We all did, girl. That was not a secret to anyone. It wasn't even a secret to you. You were just ignoring it. Yeah. Tyler says, yeah, but you've got time to whip her into shape. What do you know? Tyler, I I just, I need you to be realistic. I know you like this girl. But you cannot feed into her delusions. You have to be honest. Let's just take the next 30 days, enjoy our time with each other. And then when she dies, you can have a lovely fun month to look back on. Exactly. Tyler says, has Luke been giving you crap? And she says, he's been texting. I've been ignoring. And Tyler says, if he finds out you're training Joe and Liv says he won't chill. Okay. She hangs up. Spend time with your brother. Yeah. You're so worried about one of you dying. Spend time with him. And if he finds out, of course, he's going to find out. In what world is this staying a secret from him? You're not answering his texts. He's going to get suspicious. And he can do a locator spell on you because there's magic in Mystic Falls again. Yeah. And he'll see you at the Salvador house. And guess what? He'll put two and two together. Yeah, it won't be hurt. We go over to the Forbes house. Caroline is bringing Liz home and she sees an orchid. And she says, oh, my God, you kept my orchid alive. That's amazing. I know she loves orchids. I know. <laughs> Liz says, I wanted everything to be just the same when you finally came home. Stefan comes in and he says, hey, Liz says, what is this? And Caroline says, well, Stefan volunteered to move your entertainment center in here. So now you can watch TV from your favorite chair. And he says, yeah, I hooked up surround sound, your DVD player and left a universal remote on the table right there. He wants Caroline so bad. He is begging. <laughs> He's like, please, I'm trying. I know I messed up. So I know I messed up. Can I rewire a TV? <laughs> I'm just like Sheena on Vanderpump Rules because I said, Stefan put up a TV in seven minutes. <laughs> Liz says, thanks. I guess it never occurred to anybody just to move my chair. But Stefan's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, I had to prove that I can work with electrical work. I, th I thought that might be sexier than moving a chair. Because she knows I can move a chair. She can move a chair. We have super strength. Yeah, anyone can move a chair. I have to make myself stand out. I have to be indispensable. And then Liz looks at Stefan and says, what's the matter? Never seen anyone with stage four cancer before? And he says, actually, no, I have not. <laughs> he says, one of the few perks of starting over every few decades is that real life never really catches up to you. Well, yeah, you killed your own dad, so you didn't have to wait for him to die. Yeah. Caroline comes downstairs and says, okay, so if you start the Friends box set now, I'll be back in time for Monica and Chandler's wedding. Stefan, you know how to laugh, right? And he said, opinions vary. I was like, where is she going? That's pretty late into the show. I know. <laughs> but then it's clear she is taking a little bit of a trip. Yeah. Stefan says, why are you leaving? Caroline says every minute counts, so I'm going to go get a second opinion from one of the world's leading experts in grade four glioblastoma. I couldn't sleep. I googled. Liz says, and where's the internet sending you? And Caroline says, Duke. And Stefan says, oh, Duke? Because that's where Sarah Salvatore, quote unquote, goes to school. So Stefan says, you know what? Maybe I'll give you a ride. I was thinking of heading that way to check on a friend. And Caroline says, a friend? Stefan, I know all of your friends. Elena, me. And then that's it. Yeah, she ate him up. She got his ass. Liz says, well, you know, I think it would be better if you had some company on the road. Thank you, Stefan. Liz is like, please fall in love before I die. She said, I need you two to fall in love before I die. I need to, I need to see a sterile kiss. <laughs> so then I fear I'll die before it happens. Yeah, at this rate. <laughs> Stefan goes out to the car and Caroline hugs Liz and says, I will call you every hour on the hour. And Liz says, I will set my watch by it. And they say, I love you. Caroline goes... And once Caroline leaves, you can see Liz is like, 
a little weaker. She sits down like ready to take a nap. Yeah, she's like exhausted because she's definitely trying to look less sick for Caroline. Yeah. But it's not looking good for her. It really isn't. It, it's not a good day to be Liz Forbes. On the whole. We go over to Mystic Falls High School. Elena is like chained to the ceiling. She says, we're at my high school. And Kai says, yeah, plenty of restrooms, no flammable surfaces, and everyone's on winter break. Still, no wonder America got dumb while I was locked up. They're never in school. He's got lots to say. He's got opinions. He looks at the trophy case and he sees a picture of the cheerleading squad that Elena and Bonnie famously used to be on. And Kai says, oh, is that you? And there's Bonnie. You guys look so innocent, smiling like nothing bad could ever happen to you. He's like, there's my bestie Bonnie. I miss her. And he says, anyway, do you mind if I try to turn your blood into acid again? And she says, again? She says, um, yeah, I mind. <laughs> he says, yeah, that's kind of how you got here in the first place. I was trying the whole acid blood thing, and I think I burst a few important capillaries in your brain because you blacked out. And she says, Kai, you don't have to do this. Elena, this isn't Damon. Yeah, okay, this isn't going to work on him. She's like, Kai, this isn't you. It is him. He doesn't have to do this, but he wants to do this. And honestly, you doing this, it makes it funnier for him, okay? Yeah, he's laughing. Let's not bring emotions into it because it's it's getting him off more, okay? Yeah, unfortunately, it's working for him. <laughs> so I, I need you to be a little tougher, girl. She says, ow, ow, stop. Her ring starts melting. And she says, Kai, you're melting my ring. Like, he gives a fuck. Oh, sorry. I'll stop. He keeps going. She sees her ring melting and she's scared, so she does break the chains off. And then she runs to a sink in a chemistry classroom to try to like put cold water on the ring to stop it from melting, I think is the idea. Yeah. But the damage is done. The ring is melted off. It's gone. Yeah, the stone already melted. That's the main point, girl. Yeah, it's over. Kai follows her to the classroom and he says, I take it that ring meant something to you? I never understood sentimental attachments to things because then it's so upsetting when you lose them. He said, I, I imagine. So I've been told. I didn't have any sentimental attachments to my siblings. <laughs> And then Elena, you know what? In some of these fight scenes, when she queens, she queens. Uh, she puts her hand in the sun, lets it catch fire. And then she uses like a gas burner to shoot the fire at Kai. I mean, that's slay. Yeah, that that eight. When she thinks quick in these fight scenes, she can do things like this that are very slay. Yeah. And this got him. He did not see this one coming at all. He sure did not. So she runs out of the room. At the Salvatore house, Joe is levitating a brick. I think it's a log. Oh, that makes sense. I didn't get a good look at it. I, I know it doesn't really matter. And I, yeah. as I was saying it, I was like, maybe I shouldn't correct her because what if I heard her feeling? She's levitating something. It's, it is a log. I'm, I'm positive it's a log, not to okay. start this. but I, <laughs> I, In my mind, I see a brick, uh, but I could be wrong. And maybe I'm wrong. I don't think you are. I was going to say, if you <laughs> would have let me finish my sentence, that I think it's more likely that it's a log than a brick. Because they're by the fireplace? Yeah. But I'm not willing to definitively say it isn't a brick. Well, the sound it makes when it hits the ground, too, is logish. I wouldn't go that far. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Again, it doesn't really matter when she's <laughs> levitating because she drops it. Yeah. As soon as Damon opens the door, she drops it. She says, that doesn't count. I was distracted. Yeah, that's what will happen in the merge. They'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, you'll get complete silence in the merge while you're merging with Kai. Yeah. Let's all be realistic. He's going to do the equivalent of, hey, bad about a swing. Yeah. And it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Damon says to Liv, are you wearing my shirt? Because he knows his black t-shirts. 
Yeah, he says, that is way too nice of a shirt for you to have bought on your Skullbear salary. Yeah. Damon's phone rings. He answers it. And he says, Magic Camp, how may I help you? And it's funny that he says this because it's an unknown number. It's a phone in the school. Why are you answering random calls like this? I don't think he looks at his caller ID. I don't think he does either. <laughs> he just, he likes to be surprised. He just vibes. It's Elena on the phone. And she says, Damon, Kai has me at the high school. I need your help. And he says, oh, Elena? She hears a bang, so she quickly hangs up and runs again. Smart move. But she got her information out. Good job, girl. She does, however, run into Kai. And he, like, backs her into a room. And he's, like, magically moving tables. He's like, oh, man, I can't, I can't get him to move. And then eventually he gets the spell right and he uses his magic to snap her neck. And he says, bingo. We go over to a gallery at Duke. There's projections photos, whatever. Caroline says, so your friend I've never heard of is a world-famous photographer? Stefan says, well, it's a student exhibition. Caroline says, oh, goody, freshman art, since you're so good at noticing untapped potential. Uh, how do you know this person again? But before Stefan can answer that, the person she's on hold with answers the phone. She says, oh, yes, I did call earlier about a consult with Dr. Moore. Great, okay. They can see us right now. And Stefan says, oh, I'll catch up with you. And she says, okay, oncology center D4, come find me. He says, okay, she goes. He finds some administrative woman who works at the gallery. You can tell because she's got an iPad with her. Yeah, you can tell because she's wearing a business casual gray dress and carrying an iPad. And has an updo. <laughs> that lady works at the gallery. <laughs> that I know. He says, hey, can you point me to Sarah Nelson's exhibit? So we know that she's not walking around with the name Sarah Salvatore, <laughs> which makes sense. The lady says, oh, yeah, Fair Corner, good choice. She's one of our best new students. And Stefan says, thank you. He looks at a group. Sarah, the girl, is talking to the group. Uh, we see Sarah. She says, you know, the saying goes, when a child dies, an angel will take that child in her arms and fly her over all the places she loved best so she can see them one last time before she goes to heaven. That's what I had in mind with this aerial point of view. Then I wanted to catch the sunlight flaring off the windows because it obscures the reflection of the viewer who's looking down at them. I can tell you right now, these photos sound hideous to me. It, it sounds a little... Contrived. A little contrived. And from the glimpses we see, because they don't let us see very many photos, because they're like, we don't really need to hear your opinion on these photos. That's not part of it. Just trust us. They're good. Yeah, for our purposes, she's a good photographer. But it's like, oh, you took a picture of giant stained glass windows in a church? I hope that one turned out okay. Yeah. Oh, you took a picture <laughs> from, like, above a building? Wow. That's crazy. How'd you, how did you come up with that? Putting them in black and white. Now that's her Etsy. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I support her. No shade to Sarah Nelson's photography work. She's a young artist. She's 18. So like, so I'm just being a hater. Then Enzo appears next to Stefan and says, good stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, come on, man. <laughs> it's like, why did he follow them? He's so unserious. He has nothing to do. I know. <laughs> Stefan says, what are you doing here? And Enzo says, same thing you are, looking for a little art to decorate my wall. Takes a nice gulp of red wine. You know he got the red wine right as he walked in. Yeah. I know he's no stranger to art gallery openings. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's gotten some very good blood from people there. A lot of gallery owners have been killed by him. Yeah. We go over to the oncology center. Caroline is talking to Dr. Moore and says... And that's when I read your article in the New England Journal of Medicine, the one about tumor reduction using hyperthermia treatments. And Dr. Moore says, that's not exactly light reading. And Caroline says, well, I didn't say I understood it, but I understood enough to give you the thesis. So Caroline gives Dr. Moore 
a folder and she says, these are my mom's charts. Your bio said you're an amazing expert on glioblastoma and I really need an expert because my mom's doctors are telling her she's not a candidate for clinical trials. And then Kayline compels the doctor and says, and you're not going to give me any grief about insurance or confidentiality or anything except your honest opinion. She's like, don't even try to tell me you can't look at these charts. Don't say shit about our insurance. Like, that's not what this conversation is. I'm not paying for shit. So just give me the information. And Dr. Moore says, okay, well, her doctors are doing everything right. It's a grade four tumor. They could try full brain radiation, but that would seriously impact any remaining quality of life. She'll face cognitive and verbal decline, motor loss, personality change. And meanwhile, she could still develop morphine-resistant pain. Caroline says, okay, I guess I didn't need your honest opinion. Damn. Caroline says, so you're saying there's no feasible medical solution. And Dr. Moore says, I really wish there were. I have a patient in nearly identical condition. He hasn't responded to any treatment. Now he's just running down the clock. And Caroline says, okay, well, I want to see him. Okay, Caroline said, okay, and where's his room? Yeah, and point me there. We go back over to Mystic Falls High School. Elena comes too. She is now tied to a table. And Kai has a Mystic Falls High School shirt on. He says, hello. He's being silly. He's like, I just want to be a little funnier. I don't think you're laughing with me enough. Yeah. Elena says, nice shirt. And he says, thanks. Somebody burned my other one. Is Elena. Uh, he says, which was awesome, by the way. Game is pet game. He said, that was sick. He says, you know, I'm starting to see why Damon digs you. You are crazy pants. And she says, don't I know it, King? He says, sucks about that shirt, though. And she says, so you can care about an inanimate object, but not the people you kill? Yeah. That's it, girly. I don't know what you think you're going to get from this conversation. And certainly don't say it to him because, again, he thinks that's funny that that's surprising to you. Yeah. He's like, oh, you have an emotional reaction to that? Awesome. Love that. Love that. Uh, He says, oh, is this going to be like an episode of Ricky Lake where I come face to face with my demons and change for the better? Elena says, who the fuck is Ricky Lake? (laughs) Elena says, damn, you're old, old. (laughs) She says, have you really not cared about anyone? And he says, you know, I guess I liked my brother, Joey. And Elena smiles like this is going to end in a sweet story. Bitch. She's like, wow, I did it. I'm getting through to him just like I got through to Damon. Girl, this is something different. There's something more (laughs) nefarious here. Kai says, we played Dr. Mario together. He'd always win. Actually, one of my favorite memories is when I finally beat him. Of course, my favorite memory is when I finally beat him to death. And she's like, okay, well, that's not funny. And then he says, you don't have to waste your energy trying to change me. If Ricky taught me anything, it's that liking yourself is the most important thing. And I like me. It's like, "Mm, oh, that's not... (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, that's not the most important part. Don't get me wrong. It's good to like yourself, but you know. And I'm sure Ricky like told someone like, you know, liking yourself is the most important thing. But I'm sure she told someone who had like low self-esteem. Yeah. Liking yourself is not the most important thing for someone who already has high self-esteem. Liking yourself is not the most important thing to a sociopath. Yeah. He heard what he wanted to hear. Outside the school, Damon and Liv pull up. Liv is sitting in that car like she's posing. There is no camera, girl. She is always, like, posing and pouting. And it's like, can you just sit? Like, you're just going for a ride. Do your job. Yeah. Liv says, to think. A day almost went by where I wasn't roped into saving one of your friends. Aren't you using their house Mm -hmm. so that you can train Joe to save you? Look, if you don't want to work with them, go back to Oregon, bitch. These people are actually trying to help you not merge, kind of. And so this is kind of all you got right now. 
So maybe let's not be a bitch to everyone. You have to do one cloaking spell, which can't hurt to practice for when you're training this woman who you said needs a lot of training. Taman says, cry me a river. Just do this stupid cloaking spell so I can grab Elena and you can get back to wrecking my mansion. She says, fine. She pulls out a grimoire and some candles, but just stays by the car. And Taman says, what are you doing? The back door's right there. And Liv says, well, I'm not going to go in there. If Kai even gets a glimpse of me, I'm dead. I'm strong enough to do the spell from here. Damon says, whatever. I hope you cloak better than you teach. By the looks of my living room, Joe's not learning much. Yeah. Someone has to say it. Nice job clocking that, King. Liv says, relax. With a bit of practice, she'll be merge ready in no time. I mean, she'll be ready for the merge. She'll be ready to lose it. Yeah. (laughs) She's ready to merge now. Yeah. (laughs) She starts the spell, but then Liv disappears. Which usually when they're doing a cloaking spell, they disappear together. So this is uh, concerning. Damon says, hey, Liv. And then Luke appears and says, sorry. And Damon says, what the hell are you doing here? Luke says, she doesn't have time for this. And then he disappears. And You know what? He is right. She doesn't have time for this. Yeah, she really doesn't. That's why you guys shouldn't get kidnapped. That's a lesson. So then Damon calls Rick and says, okay, so Liv's gone. I need a plan B. And Rick says, what do you mean she's gone? And Damon says, her wonder twin took her. I can't just go blazing in there. Kai will kill Elena despite me. I need a witch. And yes, Kai will. He totally will. Just to be goofy. Just because it would be funny to see how Damon would react to that for him. Exactly. Joe says, oh, I can do it. And Rick says, you can barely light a candle. Even day one, you can't light a candle? That is a bad sign. Yeah. Joe says, cloaking is one of the first things they teach you as a Gemini. I learned it when I was a kid. Rick says, but, and she says, I'll have to stay beside Damon while I do it, which means I'll have to go inside. Rick says, there's got to be some other option. Then Jeremy comes in after a whole day of just sitting around doing nothing and says, there is another option right here. And Damon says, let me guess, Jeremy's holding a crossbow. And he is. I I mean, he gagged him. Joe says, no one is killing Kai. Maybe someone should. I think we need to revisit that. Sorry, Joe. I understand, Joe, that you want to, like, protect Liv and Luke, but Liv and Luke are not really doing shit for you right now. And Exactly. Again, them's the breaks. That's life. Jeremy says, well, we're not letting Kai kill Elena. And Rick says, nobody's letting anyone die. Damon says, does anyone have any other ideas? And Alaric and Joe look at each other. We go to the Whitmore dorm. Luke is packing their things. I guess he and Liv share a dorm room. Cutie. Luke says, dad is pissed. He wants us back in Portland now. And Liv says, I was helping them. And Luke says they can help themselves. We're not there dancing witch monkeys. Do you want to bring these books back? He's like, let's just get on with this, okay? Yeah. <laughs> she says, take the books, leave the books. Who cares? Did you tell dad I was helping Joe get stronger? Is that why he's pissed? Luke doesn't confirm that, but she can tell he did. She says, of course you did. You're just like him. And Luke says, actually, I can think for myself. I've always said that Kai was too dangerous to become leader of the coven. You've been wasting your time with Joe. We both know she's never going to beat him. And he's right. Yeah. Luke's been saying it. He knows it. He's like, we just have to give up on this. Like, whatever. We gave it our best shot. It is what it is. He is of the right mindset. Like, yeah, the merge is unfair, but life's not fair. So here we go. But I guess that is an easier point of view to have if you're going to (laughs) win. Yeah. Liv says, you don't get it, do you? And he says, get what? (laughs) He said, well, I I fear you're going to tell me regardless, so. She says, you just cloaked me and I couldn't fight it. You're stronger than me. And he says, you don't know that. He said, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> she says, yes, I do. I've known it for months. Since that night, I was trying to bring people back from the other side and you interrupted my spell. And 
I do agree, like, up to this point, I kind of was under the assumption that Liv was easily going to be the one who was living through the marriage because she's more of a character that we know than Luke. Yeah. At this point, it does kind of seem like Luke is fodder to be killed. Yeah. I wouldn't call Liv safe either. By no means. But if our options are either Luke or Liv dies, it does kind of seem like a foregone conclusion that it would be Luke. Also because we've seen Liv doing magic, like, we don't really see Luke do magic that much. So it's like, well, he just isn't as familiar with it. Well, and I do think that then they kind of do justify it in a smart way, which is like, yeah, he did stop her from doing that big other side spell. Yeah. Like, sure, I could see that. I get this justification. I I buy it. Yeah. But this does piss me off at Liv a little bit more because it was one thing when she was doing this to save her brother. Because I was like, I get that. But doing to save herself, like, I don't know, is also fair. Like, it's not like she should be, like, willing to die. I get that. But it's like, oh, so you're just being selfish. Yeah. And I do think, again, I mean, I think the comparison of, like, if you look at she wants to sacrifice Joe to save her brother, that's a hard decision. But, like, I get it. It's her brother. Yeah. But sacrificing Joe to save herself feels a little bit like, okay, what makes your life worth more than hers? That's a little unfair. Yeah. Especially because if we're really going to sit down and look at the value between Liv and Joe, Liv, I don't think you'll like the results of that. Because, yeah, let's be totally fucking honest, okay? Joe is a doctor who has saved a lot of lives and is Liv's major sociology. And Liv, you know, Luke will be sad, but he'll get by because he has his radiologist sugar daddy to to comfort him. You know, Tyler will be fine. If that's the worst hurt that this will cause, I think he can handle it. Which I get might be a hard pill to swallow that like you are kind of the most expendable. Yeah. And also, you know, not for nothing, it's pretty clear. Like, I mean, I don't know. This hasn't been confirmed. But based on the way Luke talks about the coven and talks about his father, if I were Joshua, I'd be rooting for Luke, personally. Well, yeah, because it's not helpful if you think that this coven is like a good thing and a good group, whatever. You don't want to make the rebel the leader of the coven. because you like the way the coven's running. I'd be willing to bet there's a little bit of sexism baked into this coven. (laughs) I was about to say the same thing. I would absolutely (laughs) believe that Joshua is misogynistic. I mean, let's look at even as soon as they learned Kai was a siphon, it wasn't like, oh, let's train Joe. It was like, better have other twins. (laughs) That feels a little misogynistic to me. And then he finds out Kai's out and he's like, better kill Joe. He's like, how about you kill Kai? Yeah. How about you kill the one who's the issue? Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that Joshua is praying on both Liv and Joe's downfall, to be honest. Yeah. Luke says, in reference to the time that he interrupted the other side spell, he says, you know, you were about to collapse. You were already weak. And Liv says, we're supposed to be equal. We're not. I know you, Luke. I know you love me. And I know a huge part of you hopes it's me that makes it through this. But it's not a coin toss anymore. If we merge, you win and I die. And it scares the crap out of me. So if you want to pack the books, pack the damn books. I'm not going to be the one reading them. And she goes. I don't want to sound like a murderer, but I think the merge would be easier to go into knowing I'd be the one to die. Sure. Of a twin side. Like, I would hate to go in being like, I'm going to kill my twin. If I go in and I'm like, I'm going to die, I'd be like, well, I don't want to do that, but I'd rather do this than kill my twin. Exactly. And it does feel like, I mean, again, we know that the merge is like pretty baked into Gemini tradition. Like, they knew they were bred to be merged, essentially, since the age of four. Yeah. I would try really hard to live a nice full life up to 22. Yeah. And then let my sister continue to live. I understand why they're upset about the merge, obviously. But I do think that it's like, this didn't get sprung upon you 
a month beforehand. How lucky that we're twins so we have this insight. I know. If I were the Gemini Coven leader, personally, I wouldn't be letting anybody have no rum springer. Yeah. Okay? I would be like, you get this huge honor when you turn 22. They're yeah. never seeing the outside world. I'm making it a cult. It has to be. I don't need people being like, wait, it's not fair that I have to kill my twin. I don't need them coming to that realization. If it is in my best interest for the coven to survive, I don't need them developing opinions. Also, let's say this. Why are you letting them spend time together? Separate them. No, I'm Dan Scotting this. I'm making it into a rivalry between the two of them. They're going to hate each other by the time we get to the merge. Like, if the merge is that important to me, if it's a cult, just say that and just act like it. Because it's not a productive cult if it's so easy for them to leave, okay? Yes. And I'm not saying it would be good if it's a cult, but if, in my mind, this is what I need to do for my coven, cult is the right path. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not saying I agree with what the Gemini Coven is doing, but if I'm Joshua Parker, I raise the twins separately. I tell them you're going to have this big honor when you're 22. And I tell them that's your enemy. You don't talk. I say, look, you were born to be leader of this coven. There's one thing in your way. And it's that bitch over there. (laughs) And the law of this coven is that every generation there's one who's meant to be a leader and one evil twin. And you have to kill your evil twin. And you can't meet them, but trust me, they're really evil. And you tell them both that. Yeah. And then they hate each other. So they both work really, really hard to beat their evil twin. Then they finally meet their evil twin and they both hate each other. They don't talk to them because that's my evil twin. And then whichever one wins, it's like, see, you beat your evil twin. And you were always the good one. Congrats. It's really not that hard to run a cult, people. And and while I'm doing that, I am going to be recruiting some hedge fund managers and telling them they really should be living a simpler life and to sign their money over to me. Yeah. (laughs) If I'm doing the cult thing. That's the thing. I just (laughs) feel like letting them be best friends, letting them go to college together, letting them make friends outside of the family. uh -uh, That's not cutting it in my coven. (laughs) No, neither of you two are dating. I'm sorry. You're dating in the coven. It's a cult. Date your cousin, bitch. I'll recruit a boyfriend. Yeah. You can have a boyfriend when you're 22. Yeah. That's that's your reward for winning the merge. When you're ready to start having other twins of your own, that's when you can start dating. Like, I'm running a cult. It's, it's not a fair fucking day. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun little family home in Portland. No, it's, it's serious business. No, it's wild, wild country, bitch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> sorry to live in Luke. I mean, sorry to Joshua. You bungled it. You bungled it. You had a sociopath in one batch, and then you let the other batch be besties? Do you even care about the coven? Do you? Like, the sociopath one, you couldn't control that. That snuck up on you. That's luck of the draw. The other two, you had to plan it a little bit more. And here's me. After the sociopath one, I'd be like, okay, the boy was a sociopath last time. I'm going to really build up the girl here. Yeah. Not that the girl couldn't be a sociopath also. Yeah, women can be sociopaths. It's also unclear, I mean, not to get too into Joshua's psychology yeah but we don't know if his twin was a girl or boy we don't know if all gemini twins are girl boy or like we don't know how his merge went that could color this maybe he did hate his brother or sister yeah so it's easy just some tips for joshua if you were to go back and try this again if you were to have another set of twins let's have one more set of twins (laughs) really get it right this time (laughs) third time's the charm we go over to the grill Matt is there with the sheriff looking at the manager's body uh, that Kai killed earlier, and he just left there. 
Matt says, I came in to do inventory and I found him like this. Sorry to bother you on your day off, Sheriff. But and Liz says, no, no, I'm glad you called. I don't think he died of natural causes. And then here go Matt on his soapbox. Uh, he says, 22 hours and 18 minutes. That's how long supernatural beings have been allowed back in Mystic Falls. And I already know someone who's dead because of it. And Liz says, okay, I'm sorry, Matt. Uh, we'll figure out who did this and deal with it. And Matt says, this is never going to end, is it? The attacks, the cover-ups. This is our life again. It was your life when the border was there, too. It just all got moved to the border of Mystic Falls. Yeah, you were covering up Elena attacking Sarah. Sorry, Monique. You did that right in the town square, bitch. Liz says, it's Mystic Falls. It'll always be Mystic Falls. If you love it here. And then she starts to faint. Yeah, Liz is like, what am I going to do? Uh, <laughs> he's like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel here. I might die soon. He says, oh, are you okay? And she says, yeah. And he's concerned. We go back over to the Duke Oncology Center. Caroline goes into a hospital room and closes the blinds. And she looks at the patient in the bed. We see him. He's just laying there looking worse for wear. Yeah. She looks at his chart and she says, Colin Phelps, inoperable tumor. They zapped your brain with radiation for a month and they still couldn't save you. And he doesn't say anything. Yeah, because he's, he's been zapped with radiation. Yeah. She says, yeah, I'd be groggy too if I were on this many painkillers. The doctor said all they can do is just make you comfortable while you wait for the end. I'm really sorry to hear that. And then she looks at the rest of his shirt and she says, hmm, next of kin, none. She says, well, this is just lovely. It's like, oh, here we go. She says, I'm really sorry to hear that too. But you see on my mom's shirt, this spot next of kin, that's where my name goes. And I'm all she's got. Meanwhile, he's in his head doing cartwheels <laughs> on the painkillers. He's having a dream of dreams. <laughs> yeah. Caroline bites her wrist and feeds him her blood. The machine beeps faster, like his heart rate speeds up a little bit. I know, I know what the machine does. <laughs> not to brag. And then she compels him and says, I know we just met, but you're not going to remember any of this. And then he goes back to sleep. We go back over to Mystic Falls High School. Elena and Kai are just sitting looking at each other. And Elena says, you know, if the spell you're going for is to creep me out, it's working. And Kai magically cuts a K in her face. Classic Kai. She says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, nothing. Just working on my self-control. And then he wipes the blood off her face. In the hallway, Damon and Joe are walking together. And Damon says, oh, I can hear Kai yammering. And Joe says, what's he saying? Damon says, he said it's a shame you don't have vampire hearing. And Joe says, I get why you don't like me, you know. And we see Kai is walking in the hallway while they're walking as well. <laughs> Joe says, you and Alaric were bros. A girl comes into the picture. It's awkward. Damon says, it's not awkward. It's annoying. And Joe says, oh, because he's looking out for me. And Damon says, yeah, at the expense of logic and reason. And Joe says, oh, let me guess. You've never done that for a girl before. Got him there. Yeah. And he says, okay, fair enough. You got me. And then he shushes her because they see Kai. He looks in their direction. And for a second, it's unclear if he sees them. But then we can see that he can't see them. They're cloaked. He just goes and recycles his can. He recycles. And he mean man like him. <laughs> <laughs> Joe says, oh, what do you know? It's working. Joe, it's not that comforting that that's a surprise to you. Yeah, I don't love that. We go back to the gallery at Duke. Sarah is continuing to chat with people about her photos. What else is there to unpack about them? Like, no, I, I got it. Stefan and Enzo are next to each other. And Stefan says, so I'm guessing you came here to make a demand. And Enzo says, I only came to see what you were up to today. I hate unanswered questions. And you've left me with quite a few. Okay, that's why you're here. Sure, King. Tell yourself you need to. He says, such as, what secret did you need to protect by letting me kill that pitiful con artist pretending to be your long-lost relative, Sarah Salvatore? So, 
I followed you in your inconspicuous red Porsche off the exit to Chapel Hill, and here we are. Sarah Nelson's photo exhibition. Problem with the car. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with that red Porsche. It, it's interesting here because I think Stefan probably could have said, mm, I'm here to help Caroline. I just stopped here while she goes over to the cancer center. But I kind of think it's smarter of him to just like reveal all this now. Yeah, I think it's way smarter to say this because for whatever reason, Enzo has glommed onto this. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to find a way to defend him for this because I love him so much. Yeah. But it's goofy. And so yeah. it's like, okay, well, clearly you think this is some conspiracy and it's really not. So I just, I guess I'll tell you this so you maybe leave me alone a little bit. Exactly. Stefan says, why do you care? And Enzo says, well, it seems Damon is unaware that the branches of his family tree might extend beyond just you. Call me old fashioned, but I disapprove of secrets between brothers. So I'll just go tell Sarah what your name is. And, and Stefan says, don't do that. It's also so funny that Enzo's like, I don't want you to keep a secret from your brother. Why aren't you talking to Damon right now? He's going through hoops to try to make this. Uh... To make this anything but vindictive to Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> he can't. It's like, yeah, I guess it's kind of rude. Stefan didn't tell Damon about this, but also like Damon did kill her mother. So I don't think Damon really earned this knowledge. <laughs> it is just like, Enzo's like, I don't like secrets and I don't think brothers should have secrets. It's like, yeah, but that's not your business though. <laughs> well, it's also like, it's not like Damon's like, man, I wish we had more family. Yeah. Like, even if Damon found this out, he'd be like, oh, okay. And it does feel like, and we can get to this. I mean, I guess I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but I think if like Enzo went and told Damon this, Damon would be like, oh, I get why you didn't tell me that. That's fair. I did kill her mom. Like, I don't think he would give a fuck. I don't think he'd be that mad. And he's interested in raising a child. I think Enzo just really wants to find something that makes Stefan look bad. And so he thought that this was that. <laughs> and now he doesn't really know what to do with it now that it's like not anything he can really use. Yeah. So he's trying to be like, okay, how do I... How do I make this actually evil of him to do, even though it really is not mine or even Damon's business? It's barely Stefan's business. Yeah. Now I drove all the way out here, so I can't look like a fucking idiot. And even though what he did, when you look, because again, he's looking for something evil that Stefan did. And what he found was he brought a woman to the hospital and had her baby saved by emergency C-section and then got the girl adopted into a good family. And now she goes to Duke and he checks on her. There's nothing evil there. There's really not a lick of evil in this. Again, I say to Enzo, jealousy is a disease, sweetie. He wants to find something. And he also, this is the other problem with Enzo here, unfortunately, is once he learns that he can't make this evil, his goal is to like throw Stefan off balance, like ruffle his feathers. And by Stefan immediately revealing this secret, it shows that Stefan really doesn't give a fuck. And then Enzo has nothing. Well, I think Enzo just like, I think he is very self-conscious <laughs> you think because he's been in captivity he doesn't really know who he is and he's like stefan hates me so much so he must be evil because he hates me for no reason and it's like he does have some reasons and yes he probably was a little overreactive with how much he hated you at the start There's sure you two relationship it's not like a one-way street here they both got off on the wrong foot and both of them are to blame yeah but I think Enzo's like, well, he hates me and I'm a good person because he knows himself inside and he, you know, likes to believe he's trying to grow. But there's a lot of growing to do. He has been in captivity for 60 years. And he's like, well, if he hates me so much, there must 
be a reason that like he's also evil because only an evil person would hate me this much for no reason. And it's like, well, Enzo, there were reasons. And also ignoring the fact that he hates Stefan for no reason. It's like, but it's different when I do it. He's like, but I hate him because he abandoned Damon. And it's like, yes, but he didn't have that information. Like, so you can you can say that's shitty to do, but you can't like really hold that over him forever. Yeah, because he feels bad enough about it. Things have gotten away from Enzo a little bit. I I do want to defend him because he's he's my boy, but he is he he needs to take a step back. He's being a little goofy. He's he's being a little silly about this. Yeah. So Enzo is like, oh, I'll go tell Sarah what your name is. And Stefan says, don't do that. And Enzo says, oh, why don't you want to meet Sarah Nelson? You came all this way to see her work. This is kind of the only thing he has left is to like threaten to point Stefan out to Sarah. Mm-hmm. But Stefan does a good job of getting him away from that one thing by just telling the whole truth. Stefan says, what do you want me to tell you, Enzo? That the girl's my relative? Fine. She is Zach Salvatore's daughter, which makes her my great niece, four generations removed. I took her mother's body to the ER after Damon killed her. They did a C-section to save Sarah's life, but I kept that little detail from Damon so that she could live a good life in a nice home where she felt safe and loved. That's my big secret. And Enzo's like, she got to be safe and loved? That's (laughs) That's not fair. (laughs) Enzo says, why are you so intent on keeping it? He literally just told it to you, so clearly he's not that intent on keeping it. Yeah. And also, it's really not your business. Stefan says, you want to tell Damon I've been lying to him for the past 18 years? Be my guest. Maybe he'll hate me, or maybe he'll realize it was the best thing I could have done for everyone. But either way, once you tell him, you'll have nothing left to obsess about. Which is very true. This is like, interesting. I'll get back to that. Yeah, he's like, give me a second to come with a comeback. But (laughs) Stefan doesn't give him a second, because he gets a phone call. And he picks up the phone and says, hi. And it's Caroline. And Caroline says, I thought you were meeting me. And Stefan says, yeah, I got into a bidding war over a piece of art. And Caroline says, fascinating. Can you just get here? I'm conducting an experiment. Caroline's like, I don't really give a shit what you were doing. Yeah. Come meet me. She says, why are you at the fucking art gallery? We came here to help my mom. (laughs) Stefan says, wait, what kind of experiment are you conducting? She says, I'll show you when you get here. Okay, just hurry. Enzo tries to get the last word and end this conversation on top, but he really can't do it. He says, you know what, mate? You can keep that piece of art. Photography bores me. I withdraw my bid. Then he drinks and leaves. Because he's trying to be like, I actually don't care about any of this. It's like, well, you drove out to North Carolina, so clearly you care. You showed your hand a little bit already. <laughs> you followed him across state lines. Then you say, oh, I don't care. Any- it's okay, Enzo. You lost this round. Well, and I think it is like when he hunted down Stefan and he was in Savannah, Stefan was doing something he didn't want to know about. So Enzo's like, I'm going to do this again and everyone's going to love me. And it's like, no, that was kind of an anomaly. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, most times Stefan is being good. You're never reaching that high again, Enzo. Find another drug. Stefan has some exceptions. Obviously, you know, he was a ripper famously, but most of the time he's above board. (laughs) Yeah. Stefan watches Sarah from a distance. We go back over to Mystic Falls High School. Elena comes to again, and then she notices that the ropes that were tying her up are gone. And Damon touches her and she sees him. And he says, hey, and she says, how are you here right now? He says, Joe's invisibility spell. If you can see us, that means you've joined the party. Uh, we look at Joe, who is like gray. She doesn't look good. Joe says, hey, come on, we need to get out of here. So Elena says, oh, my ring is gone. Kai melted it into nothing. And Joe says, hey, I don't want to cut this reunion short, but the meter is running on this spell. Yeah, because Joe's barely holding it together. <laughs> yeah. 
And Lena's like, oh, there's tunnels under the school. Okay, you guys, pick up Joe and Vampire Run. We don't we don't need to be human speeding this. Especially because Joe is limping, by the way. Yeah. But we'll get to that in right a second. Damon says, let's get to the boiler room stat. We see Joe has a nosebleed. Never a good sign. And Damon says, you good? And she says, I'm good. She lied. Yeah, she wipes her nose and walks. We go over to the Whitmore dorm. Tyler is following Liv through the hallway. And he says, what are you talking about? You said you and Luke were equal strength. And she says, I lied. Like, what do you think the merge would do if we were equal strength? Yeah. Obviously, that's not going to be the situation when we merge. Obviously, one of us is going to be stronger. And he's like, you know, from the clues I had, I kind of thought you were the stronger one. He said, I didn't really think it was close. Me too, boy. He says, then we run. And she says, run where, Tyler? We already tried that. No, you did not. You went to his house in Mystic Falls for three days, and no one came looking for you. You didn't try running anywhere. How about you try leaving the country? That might do it. It's at least a start. Do your little fucking cloaking spell. Two can play at that game. She says, my family will hunt me down. They want me to merge. They haven't hunted you down yet. So the threat feels very low stakes because, like, no one's pulled you back to Portland yet. If I were Joshua Parker, you're coming home on your 22nd birthday. If I'm Joshua Parker, uh, there's a lock on the outside of your bedroom door. You're living in a tower. You're Rapunzel. <laughs> Tyler says, fine, then go. And Liv says, screw you. And Tyler's like, what the fuck do you want from me? Tyler says, I'm serious, go. That's what you want me to say, right? So go. Walk right to your own grave if that's what you want. I won't stop you. And she says, I knew you were a mistake. This whole thing was a mistake. Girl, tell me about it. A mistake for Tyler. A mistake for me, the audience. Yeah. Tyler says, this wasn't a mistake. And they turn to each other and touch foreheads. It's like, I don't believe you guys are in love. I don't believe there's enough tenderness between you for that to be anything that you do. Yeah. Luke approaches. He comes out of nowhere. He says, hey, I called dad. I told him we're out. Well, that's that's easy. Oh, cool. Do you think that's something he can just do? No. Do you think Luke is lying about what he did? Or do you think Joshua told them they could be out and is lying? I think Joshua is more likely to be lying. Because I don't think Luke would betray Liv. Yeah. Unless he thought he was going to lose the merge. I think he would betray her if he thought he was going to lose and it wouldn't affect her. Do you think it's physically possible to throw the merge? That's a good question. I guess the question is, like, what do you think Luke's move is here? Is it as simple as he called their dad and they are now out? I don't think that Luke would betray Liv like this. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think he would be as willing to go this against the coven. Like, I don't think he has the balls to completely disobey the coven. Because he's shown that. I I don't think he's doing this with the express thought of, like, forcing Liv into the merge. Sure. But it seems that it would be stupid for him to assume this would work. Like, this would be enough for the merge to not happen. So I do think the idea of throwing the merge is interesting. And I think from what we know of the merge, they kind of hold hands and they, like, magic off, you Mm -hmm. know, for lack of a better term. So it seems like you could throw it. Or, I mean, if there's some way to, like, work some other spell that, like, merges your magic but doesn't, like, take life away from someone. Like, I do think there's a little bit of, A workaround? A workaround, probably. But I don't think it's, like, well-known, obviously. The only time we've ever seen anything close to a merge Mm -hmm. was when we saw Kai and Joe supposedly going to merge when they were going to send Kai into the prison world. And Kai made some comments at the time, like, shouldn't they all be saying something? 
So I guess my question is like, how much do you think the outside coven influences the merge, if at all? Do you think they can? It just feels like if this is a required thing, there are so many workarounds that the two people in the middle could do. Like they could just like both put their magic into something. It just feels like there's so many workarounds if there's no safeguard from the coven itself. Well, and this is the question we have to raise. Yeah. Has there ever been a merge? We know that Joshua. Joshua said it. Yeah, Joshua said it. We don't know for sure. We don't know for a fact that this merge has happened before. And even if like Joshua merged, we don't know how longstanding this tradition has been. So there may just not have been, or, or you know, maybe the, there was a merge and the merge was Joshua wanted his twins magic. That's actually an interesting point is like, maybe it's called Gemini Coven because it was led by twins. And then some amount of generations ago, whether it be Joshua or someone else, he decided, you know what? Just me, I think. Yeah, we don't know about the origin of the merge. We don't know how long it's been happening. We don't know how required it is. Like there's enough questions about it that I do think there are workarounds. I I would be more likely to believe that the coven has a role in the merge and that they like kind of force the magic to move between the twins, et cetera. Sure. But I do think there's flexibility in how that works. I think you could take over that coven part if you wanted to. I think it probably just hasn't come up a ton because obviously Kai wanted to win the merge. That's why he went into a merge. And then obviously, I I assume Joshua wanted to win the merge because he has no issue continuing the pattern. So it may just be people have not generally questioned it and they haven't thought about these workarounds. But so I think there are workarounds and I think the history of the merge, I think is something that is a big black box. Of mm-hmm. like what happens if you don't merge. Yeah. And I don't think they have a solid answer for it. I think they're like, we're less powerful. So you have to merge because we're a coven and we're family, blah, blah, blah. Interesting thoughts. Tyler says, I thought you were all about following your destiny. And Luke says, not if my destiny equals killing my sister. I told you I can think for myself. We go back over to Mystic Falls High School. Elena, Damon, Joe, they're all moving through the hallway. Joe is coughing. And Elena says, hey, you okay? And she looks back and Joe does not look okay. No. She looks very weak and has a bloody nose. And Joe says, yeah, I'm good. Three people is just a lot more to cloak than two. And then Joe almost faints. And Damon catches her and says, why is your nose bleeding? Now, again, they should have picked her up, vampire run to the tunnels. But then, unfortunately, after he asked, why is your nose bleeding? Kai appears and says, oh, I have a guess. Kai said, oh, now I hear y'all. Oh, you guys been here the whole time? He (laughs) says, magic's hurt, isn't it, Joe? Damon holds Joe while she's weak. And she says, I'm so sorry. And Damon says, don't sweat it. I want him to see me while I kick his ass. Fun line. He says, no, get out of here. And Joe goes. Damon smiles, but then Kai pretty quickly cloaks Elena. I mean, I don't know why Damon didn't think he was going to do that. (laughs) Damon says, where's Elena? And Kai says, oh, are we not cloaking people anymore? I thought that's what this was. Yeah, I can cloak too, bitch. (laughs) Kai then disappears from where he is. And behind where Damon is, Kai whistles and goes, yoo-hoo, or something. And (laughs) so Damon runs and stabs Kai with a piece of wood. He throws it at him. He throws it, sure. Okay, it's a log, it's a brick, he throws it. (laughs) (laughs) I was scared to say it. No, I'm I'm fine. He throws, like, the staff of a broom. It's a rock. 
Is it really a mop? I'm pretty sure. I'm less sure about the mop versus other stuff, but it's just, I'm pretty sure it's in a bucket. That makes sense. I mean, he throws some wood that he takes from a cleaning utensil. That that big enough for you? I mean, I would prefer that you had the specifics, but I, I actually prefer specificity. <laughs> anyway, he takes a piece of wood off a mop from a bucket <laughs> and he throws it into what he thinks is Kai. Mm-hmm. And Kai like chokes on the blood and it's like, oh, wow, he got him. He got him good. Yeah. And then next to that Kai, another Kai appears and says, oh, that's got to hurt. I'm definitely getting the hang of this. You know, cloaking spells, illusions. It's all the same wheelhouse. Kai does a little bit of magic and it's revealed that Damon actually stabbed Elena with the wood. I thought Kai just had like a fake Kai. And then when it was Elena, I was like, oh, shit, smart. <laughs> I know he he nailed it there. Kai does a little spell to weaken them and then leaves them like an aneurysm spell. In some other hallway, Joe is weakly crawling. And Kai, of course, catches up to her and says, now that I've got the kinks worked out, we can actually do this. Is there an upcoming celestial event that interests you? I'm partial to... And then he gets shot in the shoulder. And we can see it was, who else? Jeremy with the crossbow. Mm-hmm. And he serves. One thing about him is he will serve with a crossbow. Yeah, one thing about him, he wants to use that crossbow, baby. That's his weapon of choice. Kai falls with the arrow and Rick quickly grabs him and injects his neck with something to pass him out. Mm-hmm. Kai passes out on the ground. Rick grabs Joe. Joe says, I'm okay. And they hug. We go back over to the Duke Oncology Center. Colin is up and out of bed and he's at the vending machine and he's really excited because he's getting little wafer cookies. And Stefan and Caroline are watching this happen and Colin gets a snack out and he says to a nurse like, oh my God, you have no idea how long it's been since I've had an appetite. And I did flag at this point. I was like, well, what is the appetite for? That's a good question. Always a good thing to ask. Caroline says an hour ago, he was dying of brain cancer. Now look at him. Smile, Stefan. This is good news. My blood worked. And Stefan says, it seems too easy. Which at this point, I'm like, it's vampire blood. It's always too easy, which is essentially the argument. Yeah, Caroline says, as opposed to what? Vampire blood heals a stab wound like it was never there. It's always easy, Stefan. It's literally magic. And this is fair to think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with her on this. I'm like, yeah, of course it's easy. And Stefan says, then why have I never heard of our blood curing cancer before? And Caroline says, because vampires don't spend their lives pulling charity shifts at the sick ward. You just said you never met someone with cancer. Yeah, maybe you just haven't run into it. Like, it's not that crazy. Yeah. Stefan says, look, I want this to work, okay? And Caroline says, Stefan, I just need you to believe it will work. Or at the very least, just believe I believe it will work. And Stefan says, well, I can see that you believe it. Which is nice of him to say to her, but... It's purposefully vague. Yes. Caroline says, okay, then take me home to my mom. Stefan looks one more time at Colin and says, okay, let's go home. And they say, okay. Over at Mystic Falls High School, Damon is pulling pieces of wood out of Elena. He gets what he thinks is the last piece and what is the last piece. But Mm -hmm. Elena keeps breathing heavy. And he says, what's wrong? Didn't I get it? And she says, there must be another splinter still stuck in my heart. And he says, no, wait, hey, look at me. Like, I'll get it. She says, if there's something you need to say, now's the time. And he says, come on. And then she laughs like, ha, 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 I tricked him. First of all, He has been very open with the fact that he is in love with you and you have been the one who hates him. Why are you saying like, oh, you have something to say, say it now. He said it. Oh, ha ha. So funny. I might die. You might accidentally pull my heart out, even though you're in love with me. This is so funny. What what kind of prank is this? He says seriously. And she says, oh, this trick in the book. Ha ha ha. But it does work on him. They are smiling at each other and holding hands. So it's like, okay, if you think that's funny, I guess you're meant to be. 
What do I know about love? <laughs> Rick and Joe come in and Damon says, perfect timing. Because he was like, we were heading to a kiss, baby. Yeah. Rick says, oh, Elena, are you okay? Elena says, I've never felt more alive. Oh, she is fucked in the head. This bitch. Oh, girl. Girl. But at least you're saying this because now we're close to just dating again. Like, can we stop having this conversation? Like, can we just just be together? This is like the beginning of season four all over again. Yeah. Let's get past it. You're a vampire. It's fine. You feel alive. He's sexy. Let's let's move it along. Let's hook up. It's okay. It's really not that deep. We go back over to the gallery at Duke. The show is clearly winding down. There's only so many people left. Enzo is one of them. He watches Sarah talk and then she and then Sarah leaves. And then we go and return to the administrative lady from earlier with the iPad, mm-hmm. business casual dress and updo. And Enzo says, what is it about Sarah's work that I find so uniquely appealing? Perhaps it's a little dark, has a morbid undertone. Must be a bloodlines thing. Her family's a bit extreme. Her uncle, a great uncle, um, actually, fourth removed, is a bloody sociopath. And the woman says, fourth removed. And Enzo says, he's very old. And then he says, you know, he tried to kill me a few times, succeeded once, most recently set me up to die, which resulted in days of torture. There I was getting prodded with a fire hot iron poker by a man named Trip, all the while keeping my mouth shut and enduring the pain. If you knew anything about my past, you'd know that this brought back some very unpleasant memories. That's when I started plotting my revenge. You need to make a friend because you, why are you telling it to this lady who doesn't give a fuck? And look, yeah, it was fucked up that Stefan gave you to Trip. But, like, you got out. And the thing about this, I know we're all past this. Damon literally abandoned you. Like, if you want to be mad about being kept in torture, you can be mad at both Stefan and Damon. You forgave Damon. And that's fine. You had a different history with Damon than Stefan. But, like, compared to Augustine, you were in Tripp's captivity for, what, three days? I mean, but Stefan did choose to put him there. Yes. I mean, I get why he's mad at Stefan, don't get me wrong. And I get why he's plotting revenge. But, unfortunately, like, this revenge he's plotting is, like, very convoluted. Yeah. And it's not just about like revenge, because if it were just about revenge, he would just kill Stefan. He somehow wants like everyone to hate Stefan, which it's just not realistic. There comes a point when if the revenge you're plotting is significantly more complex than what happened to you, it's a little unnecessary. And it's because the revenge he keeps trying hasn't quite worked. Mm -hmm. Like when he killed Ivy, Stefan didn't like Ivy that much. Yeah, And then when he killed Monique, well, that was just a random girl. Yeah, Just none of that revenge has been working. She's like, well, I have to go crazier. It's like, just tell him, like, that no one loves him. Honestly, Enzo, focus your energy on having sex with Caroline. Yeah. That's the revenge, bitch. And at this point now, he's killed so many people that Stefan doesn't care about. He knows he kind of can't kill Sarah because it's a little bit boy who cried wolf. Like, it's a little bit like, what else would I expect you to do? It's a little bit desensitized. There's just not much he can do because at the end of the day, he hates Stefan, but he does want to be friends with Damon and friends with these people as a result. Yeah. What he really wants is Stefan's life. And he can't do anything that would hurt Stefan enough, but also wouldn't be bad enough that they would all be okay with. Yeah. He needs to do something that gets Stefan out of the picture, but opens up a spot for him to take Stefan's place. And he's just, he's confounded because he can't figure out how to do it because it's not possible. Because at this point, really the only option is to just start telling people Stefan said something fucked up about them. But the issue is, these people have been through enough that they'll just talk to each other. And the thing is, 
I'm not saying Stefan's never done evil things because he has, but unfortunately, everyone knows like way more evil things than you know. Like turning Enzo into Trip is bad. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's not being the Ripper of Monterey. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different scales. People are like, yeah, that was a little fucked up, but he was grieving his brother. Well, also because like everyone knows like Enzo will just kill people for fun. Like, it's not even scary for Stefan when he threatens to kill someone because Stefan's like, of course you're going to do that. You do that for free every day. It doesn't hit. It is very Boy Who Cried Wolf. It just isn't hitting the same because he keeps doing shit. So he has to either do something so big that everybody notices, but then if he does that, they all hate him. And then he's right where he started anyway. And I mean, his real issue is he can't turn these people against Stefan because, again, Stefan, like, technically killed Enzo last season. And then he turned Enzo into Trip. But unfortunately, in both cases, Enzo came out okay. Since it's all's well that ends well, you're not going to get people to side with you. Because it's like, well, I get that you're upset, but you're fine now. And again, you can't really be mad that he killed you last season because, one, you did that. (laughs) And two, you're not dead anymore. So, like, that one kind of is nothing yeah that cancels itself out turning the trip was fucked up yes you can be mad at that and you can be mad that he abandoned damon but again he didn't know and you know that it's still shitty it doesn't take that away but like yeah. you can't really hold that grudge that damon isn't holding exactly and since damon's not mad about it it's like now you kind of just look like you want to find something to hate him for yeah if you just don't like him that's fine yeah just say that It's okay. We all have people that we don't like for no reason. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, I can see why you don't fuck with Stefan. I understand your point of view here. But let's be a little bit more open-minded because it's it's, at this point, it's only hurting you. It's not affecting him. It isn't moving the needle for him at all because everyone else has forgiven him. So he's got all his friends back. And you have no friends, no hobbies, no business to speak of, no job. I mean... You've got nothing else going on. You need to find something else to do, Enzo. I need you to find a, a girlfriend. And I get it. She's in the prison world right now. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you need to start building your life up a little bit. He needs Bonnie to come out and save him, you feel. It's it's a little like Vanderpump Rules. The group is Stassi, Katie, and Kristen, and Enzo is Sheena. Yeah. And he's just he's just never going to be as close as the original people because they've been through more. Yeah. He can still be their friends and be part of the group, but it's going to be different. But you need to stop expecting that you're going to be Stassi. You're not. You're not. You're Sheena. Sorry to Enzo that I'm calling you Sheena. And sorry to Sheena that I'm apologizing to a fictional character for that. But <laughs> I think Enzo can become the Lala. Yeah. He has to pay his dues. You know, actually, Lala is a better comparison because Lala was kind of a bitch at the start and people hated Lala then they came around on her because she grew as a person so yeah he's the Lala okay I feel better about that (laughs) Sheena didn't quite hit right that's okay you had the right idea I got it (laughs) the gallery lady says I see the free wine was a big hit love her for that (laughs) she assumes he's drunk which is fair I mean she runs a gallery at a college I bet she gets people coming in to get shit faced and leaving every day the gallery lady tries to leave because she doesn't want to talk to him. She's like, I'm not doing one of these conversations again, okay? I don't have the patience. Uh, he stops her and says, the best revenge is patient, cultivated. Only no one sees it coming until it's too late. That statement may be true, but Enzo, everyone sees it coming from you. Yeah. 
You're announcing it every day. The train has left the station, buddy. Exactly. And then he compels the gallery woman and says, but never mind all that. Be a doll and help me box up these photographs, will you? She goes. I think it's pretty clear his plan is to use these. I mean, this is my read on it, and I'm not saying this is a good plan, is that his plan is to use these to like torture Stefan with this secret. Although, again, I don't think it's a big deal when Damon finds out about this. Damon will be like, yeah, fair enough. I probably would have been evil about it. I might have hunted her down and killed her to save my guilt. Classic me. What do you think Enzo's next move is on his grand Stefan revenge plan, if any? It's just to use the photos to taunt him. Do you think he's going to try to reach out to Sarah? I do think a possibility. His best option on the Sarah route uh, is to have sex with her. Yeah, definitely. So I, I do think that's on his list. He's hot and British. It can't be her. Date her. Try to get her to hunt down her family. Sure. And then she'll be like, oh, let me introduce my boyfriend and it's Enzo. I think that's kind of his goal. Yeah. Which not as evil as I think you really need to be to really hurt Stefan. Because if you show up with her, Stefan's going to be like, of course. (laughs) Okay. But I think that's kind of his only path right now. Mm -hmm. We go over to Alaric's apartment. We know for sure it's Alaric's apartment now because (laughs) Kai is gagged on the couch. And like physically with a gag, he's not gagged. Kai's gagged on the couch because it's such a well-decorated apartment. He's like, I'm literally gagged. I love your Paris pillow. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's got a gag in his mouth. And Joe says, are you sure you're okay with having a Pento Barbatrol house guest? So it's Rick's apartment because it's his house guest. Mm -hmm. Mystery solved. And they've drugged him. So he stays out. Rick says, I am if it buys us enough time to get you back into fighting shape. In the other room in the apartment, Elena's talking to Damon, and Elena says, so assuming I don't get kidnapped before tomorrow, maybe we can try for that dinner again? Or like, go out to dinner tonight, aren't you guys hungry? Yeah, you don't have to wait till tomorrow. Damon says, oh, I don't know. Like, every time we try to go on a date, you get kidnapped, I get sent to a prison world, your feelings get compelled away. Like, I don't know if it's gonna... And Elena says, okay, are you gonna keep sulking? Are you gonna let me take you to dinner? He says, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. They smile, whatever. Just date or don't. I, uh, make it, Make up your mind. I can't. I can't do the whole no memories, Elena. It's just get the memories back or don't. She does not seem to be very motivated to get these memories back anymore. She's just kind of like, and I'm falling in love with him all over again. And Damon's like, wow, this is way easier the second time around. Yeah, I got her. (laughs) Joe comes up and she says, oh, I can help you clean that if you want. Elena's bloody shirt. And she says, one part ammonia, two parts meat tenderizer. And Elena says, you invented a stain remover. First of all, I wouldn't call that inventing a stain remover yeah and second of all the shirt has rips in it the stain's not the problem yeah just buy another shirt you are used to throwing out clothes when you get in your little fights yeah she knows a great place where she can get a deal on henley she's gonna be okay yeah i'll go to my henley guy yeah joe says i'm not afraid of a little blood she goes elena goes with her also to i guess clean the blood rick has two drinks bourbons he sits down with damon and says what i tell you She's a keeper. You know, I think she's going to get a handle on this. Damon says, Joe's not strong enough, Rick. Damon says, don't be stupid. <laughs> Someone really needs to tell Rick this. Someone needs to tell Joe this too. Someone needs to tell Rick, Joe, and Liv this. Because they're all they're all in denial. Yeah. And Rick says, she wouldn't lie about it. And Damon says, no, I don't think she's lying about it. Which is true. I think Joe is just, it's easier to believe that Joe's going to win than it is for her to like reckon with her own mortality. When I think Joe is the type of person that she's like, 
I can do anything if I work hard enough at it. And it's so early in it that she's like, well, you know, it's hard right now, but I have 30 days. I'll figure this out. Like whenever I work hard, I get things. And it's like, sometimes you can work really hard and it won't work. Yeah. And the sooner you admit that to yourself, the sooner you get the other twins to merge. Mm -hmm. Damon says he absorbed a spell the size of Mystic Falls, Rick. He changed the game. And Rick says, look, we got Kai on ice. We'll just wait for his stolen magic to drain away and then she'll beat him. And Damon says, well, she can't. And Rick says, well, she has to. She will. And then Damon decides, like, there's nothing else I can say to this tonight. He's obviously not ready to hear it. He says, well, I tried. (laughs) Yeah. He says, well, all right, then here's to women who make crazy screwed up decisions and loving them more for it. And they cheers and drink. Yeah, y'all like the crazies, don't you? You sure do. Yikes. We go over to the Forbes house. Caroline and Stefan are arriving back after their day at Duke. And Caroline says, so if Sarah is Zach's daughter, then does that make you Uncle Stefan? And he says, I tell you this secret I've been keeping for 18 years, and that's what you're worried about? And she says, no, I think it's incredibly noble that you've been keeping an eye on her all these years. And she's lucky to have you in her life, even if she has no idea. And he says, hey, so I know it goes without saying, but I would appreciate it if, and she says, your secret's safe with me, Stefan. He says, thank you. He's opening up to her. Mm-hmm. We're back. Caroline stands, we're so <laughs> back. Thank God. Caroline says, no, thank you. Thank you for coming with me today and for rewiring my mom's speaker system and for just not treating me like a crazy person because that's how I felt these last few days. And then he grabs her hand and it's loaded for a second. And she says, okay, so thank you. Wish me luck. And she goes in. She says, no, 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 no. Not yet, bitch. It's going to take more than one day, but it's working. It's working, but she's she's guarding her heart and she's making him work for it. Absolutely. He stays out on the porch and you can tell he's worried. She goes in and she finds Matt sitting with Liz, which is very nice of Matt to do. <laughs> there. <laughs> there, I said something nice. <laughs> Matt says, there you are. We were just about to watch another movie. And Liz says, how was Duke, sweetie? And Caroline says, good, really good. Thanks for staying with him, Matt. And Matt says, anytime. See you soon, Sheriff. And he goes. And I was worried she'd walk into her house and Liz would be dead already. So I was happy with this outcome overall. Okay, we're good today. (laughs) Caroline says, so I met with that expert at Duke today. And she said, your doctors are doing everything right. And she also said that there's nothing they can do to cure you. And you can see this really hurts Liz to hear because she did have hope for it. Yeah. But Liz does say that is one doctor's opinion. And then Caroline says, waiting for more medical opinions isn't going to change this. You're dying, mom, and we're out of options. Which is why I gave my blood to a cancer patient today, and I healed him. Then we see a quick shot of Colin in his hospital bed, and it's like, why are we seeing him if he's healed? It's like, hey, shouldn't he be out of the hospital? So it's like, "Mm, uh uh-oh. Caroline says he was dying, and my blood healed him. Look, I'm immortal, and you're not, and I always knew I would lose you one day, but I'm not ready to lose you now. You're supposed to be here for my college graduation. We're supposed to argue about flower arrangements for my wedding. We're supposed to have years and years worth of birthday dinners and Christmases and whitewater rafting trips. I want all of that. I want you to live for me. And I know that's selfish, but that's the truth. And Liz says, I want that too, honey. And they cry. It's very sad and emotional. And then we see Colin again. It's like, no. It's like, no, why are we over here? Get the camera away from him. (laughs) Caroline says, okay. And then we see Colin cough. Caroline bites her wrist. Colin coughs again. Caroline puts her blood in Liz's teacup. 
And then we see Colin uh, start to cough up blood and crawl into the hallway. Yeah, so he's he's looking less than solid. Then Caroline hands Liz the teacup and Liz drinks it. And Colin calls for help. And Caroline says everything's going to be okay. And that's where we end the episode. So is everything going to be okay? Probably not. What do you think is happening to Colin? And what do you think then will happen to Liz? So part of me was like, man, they really should have stayed and watched to see how this affected him. But in every other case, vampire blood heals and it's fine. So I get why they didn't stay and watch. I know. That's what's so hard about this is it's like, oh, you guys should have monitored him for 24 hours. But when have they ever had to do that before? Yeah, that's not necessary in any other case. The thing that first scared me about this was the idea that it would, you know, cause a transition because of some sort of cell death, whatever thing. But what this looks more like, I have to call the parallel to, is Catherine post taking the cure. Mm. I don't know that that's meant to be a parallel. I mean, coughing up blood is a universal sign of trouble yeah in tv regardless i do think you know there's possibilities here and i'll bring back what i had said last week or a couple weeks ago about why cancer might not be able to be cured by vampire blood which again is the science approach which is iffy but we are in a season focused on medicine in many ways yeah if there's any season for a science approach it's this one so some of this i already said but i i have new layers to it I'm hopefully not just repeating what I'm saying, but how cancer works is cells grow, like malicious cells grow rapidly and overtake the healthy cells. Mm -hmm. And we have to assume that what the healing does is regenerate those healthy cells. Now, it may be that the vampire blood interacts with the cancer cells and makes them grow faster instead of growing the right cells. So it heals the cancer cells rather than healing the good cells. Sure. So then it just becomes a very rapid form of cancer is my thought process. Again, that's taking a lot of cell growth thought into account. Yeah. But I have to justify it somehow. Yeah. The other thing I will raise is, you know, they do a good job, I think, of setting up Colin as like, he has an identical situation to Liz. Yeah. But that is not the case because he's been through radiation. Some cells are already dead. Some cells aren't. Some things have taken over where others haven't. So there are some discrepancies that this may not be the exact same situation for Liz. So I'll just raise that. That's a good point. So do you think that vampire blood will heal Colin or Liz or both? I think it may heal things. I don't know that it will cure them. Okay. I think Colin is in a worse state than Liz. And that's part of that is wishful thinking. Yeah, that the situation is just going to repeat itself exactly with Liz. But also, Liz has access to people who are magic. So she has maybe some effects. And it's not like anyone's going to call Caroline and say, hey, this guy is coughing up blood. That's true. Like he has no next of kin. It's not like she's next of kin on this. She compelled him to forget her. So he's not gonna be able to tell anyone. So that's my only thought process is if this is somehow turning into a vampire transition, then he will be like, who is this girl who turned me? But how is he going to hunt her down? You know? Yeah. It's not like they're going to know this is coming. Yeah. But it may also be that vampire blood gets rid of cancer, but causes some other issue. Sure. And that is kind of connected to the cure. Maybe having cancer and vampire blood together leads to this like aging effect that Catherine saw. Yeah somehow that makes enough sense to me that brings us to the end of this week's episode 
As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.